welcome again to another edition of the Hoop Form NBA podcast. As always, Ben Slykerman and Adam Elder, we're here and we're ready to roll, ready to dive into some NBA discussion. The NBA is active as ever here post All-Star break. Things are things are really heating up here for the last 24-ish games. Uh, already a couple days into the stretch run here, and it's been uh, nothing short of entertaining, Adam. I'm sure you would agree with that. Uh, started up on Thursday of last week um, with, with a host of games. A, a big one there would have been the victory for the Lakers, uh, finally winning a game that they should win. Um, oh, yeah. I think we already addressed that one on the podcast. Uh, maybe not. Maybe we just talked about that in chat, actually. Uh, but 124 to 111 win over the Golden State Warriors without Curry. But that's one of those games, you know, that they absolutely have to grab. Um, and they looked good. They looked like a basketball team. Uh, LeBron uh, not really having to score a whole lot because, you know, other guys are stepping up. Malik Beasley had 25 in Very that nice. game just fucking lighten it up. Uh, and then on Friday night, dude, the a record was set for all-time uh, scoring in a game. Kings Clippers, it's just an absolute fucking dog fight, dude. This game, <laughs> never would have thought this game would be what it was. Uh, I peeped the first quarter uh, just just to get it started, and I was like, you know, not like super impressed. It was like a really high scoring game though, right off the rip. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah. this, is, this could get interesting. Kind of lost interest in the second, immediately picked it back up in the third though. Uh, but the fourth quarter, man, the Clippers just fell apart. The last four minutes, dude, they gave up. I think it was like a 14 point deficit. Yeah. Paul it George was, had two awful, awful turnovers. Russ had one too. Yeah, just these very lazy passes. Very, extremely lazy passes. Like, they were just out of gas almost. Yeah. I was just like, what? You can't just run the clock down like that. Like, and, and don't get it twisted, though. Malik Monk, my God. Lights that, out. That three that he hit to tie the game initially to go into overtime was absolutely nuts. Two closeout defenders on him off the catch and shoot. Put up 45, six, and two. How many did he have going into the fourth, too? It was only like what, like 16 points? Yeah, a lot of it was in the fourth. And Kevin Herter had a couple big shots. I mean, everything was big shots. And that's what I I don't know how much of the game you watched. Like I said, I missed most of the second, but first through first and then the third through the fourth, I was pretty much locked in. Uh, There was a lot, there was defense, bro. Like, People are going to say that there wasn't really any defense this game and this score is just a testament to, you know, how oh yeah, how the scoring is now. And yeah, it absolutely is because guys are able to hit incredible shots now. It's absolutely right. insane. It wasn't that everyone was completely locking people down and it was like fucking hard-nosed defense 100% through yeah. and through, but there was not a severe lack of effort by any means guys were, I mean, most of Kawhi's shots were completely contested face up jumpers in the mid range. Right. I mean, or fades. I mean, he, he would not go for zone. Yeah. And the Kings were hitting tough shots too. And, and, and nice finishes at the rim. It was intense, bro. I never would have expected it from that game, but then you got to think about the context. Um, there is a lot of context there. I mean, that's the fight for the three seed and the Kings, I mean, retained. So, Pretty pretty big matchup. Um, 
definitely, I think it exceeded expectations and you said it in the chat, man, and you, we can expand on it more here. Russ already looking like a, like a no go. And they're starting him. <laughs> they're fucking starting him. Hey man, that man cannot start for you in the playoffs. They are, they're bought in on Russ. They're bought in on Russ. And people last night were actually upset because Eric Gordon was getting minutes over Russ too. Like, it's like, what's Eric Gordon's number one skill? Three-point shooting. And that's what the Clippers need to spot up three-point shooting. And that's why Ty Lue is going to utilize the hell out of Eric Gordon. Plus, he's mm-hmm. bigger than Russ. You know, Eric Gordon has a decent wingspan. Maybe. Actually, he might be a negative. I, I don't know. But... And the lack of spacing that exists when you're yes. starting Russell Westbrook and Mason fucking Plumley. That's just patchwork. It's totally that's not winning you right playoff here. games. Period. Let's just bring it right up here. I mean, he's my number one prove it guy. We don't have to go all the way into the list here. I know we're talking about all the games here, but yeah, number one prove up guy for me, Russell Westbrook. Like it has to exist for this team because the Clippers, like. I felt like they did a lot and they did a lot to try to salvage their season because they saw that that group of role players that was around them just was not going to really work out at all. Like it wasn't winning them games in the end. Yeah. Because Kawhi and PG have been back and playing and they've been winning. They should be winning more games. I mean, that's still a top 10 duo in the NBA. You would hope Mm -hmm. between Kawhi and PG. So it's going to win games and, but just filling the holes around with, Less Batum, you know, like I feel like Batum fits well on that team. Less Zubox all of a sudden. Why? Why is Zubox not the starting five? There's still Roko's not even in the lineup, it feels like. Yeah, he's out, but he's kind of cooked. But um, Morris, Morris is getting all the minutes that could possibly go to him. And then I felt like they looked at Norman Powell too and were like, no, Norm, like. Man thought, and Bones minutes are ripped now. Right, exactly. I thought that honestly they would be comfortable with starting Norm and Terrence Mann as their one two. Kawhi Leonard three four. They were running Mann as point guard for like a couple of weeks here. He was good at it too. He was comfortable at playing point guard at like six five. He's a big guard. So like that fits right into what the wing prototype on the Clippers is. Yeah, Zubox essentially probably isn't gonna play more than about twenty eight minutes a game, but I don't get starting Plumley over Zubox. I don't like, get starting Plumley when Russ is on the floor. Yeah. Two huge liabilities from shooting. So, I mean, and I mean, oh my, I just, <laughs> it's embarrassing, bro. I just, I don't know how you, how you buy into that. I don't. I, right. I know. It kind of seems like Russ just, he got a favor done for him because Ty Lue and PG are on his side. You don't hear any shining endorsements from Kawhi because you know Kawhi ducked this guy four off seasons ago. Because I bet you, if they wanted the framework to be there, they could have got Russ and PG to Los Angeles. You know, like yeah, but don't you think that like in order to get him there this time, like Kawhi had to have signed off on it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because Russ, I mean, Kawhi probably looked around and said we do need help, but I just don't know what kind of help you're really expecting from Russell Westbrook anymore. And this is the strongest statement I can make about this. Russ is no longer just a prove it in the playoffs guy. He's like prove it NBA player status at this point. Are you still an NBA player? Because think about the list top down. Where does Russell Westbrook fit on 30 different NBA teams? 
if we're going to be that widespread. I don't know. He hasn't fit on the five that he's been on in the last three years. So Right. And you know what's I mean, crazy to me too is that I was so up. Well, I guess the season got shortened. He scored 27 points a game and looks great going to all of his zones. He essentially cut out threes at all and was driving to the rim almost exclusively in, in Houston and was good at it. I don't know, man. There's honestly still people out there on the internet, on Reddit, that I read every day that are still like, Russ is, that are still like, Russ needs a chance, like somewhere to be the point guard and like start and contribute and not be Anthony Davis and LeBron James's spot up shooter stuck in the corner. When like, is enough enough? I know exactly. I'm like, when is enough enough? Because I'm like, modern NBA shooting is at least baseline 35%. Russ is like a 28% three-point shooter on a lot of volume. And if you're shooting 35, you better be doing something else on the floor that's getting you minutes. Exactly. But like just to be an NBA level three-point shooter at the least, like he's just not giving you that. He's also not NBA level efficient really anymore at this point. Like, I mean... He's already had a 14 assist game. His first game against the Kings, 14 assists, right? It was like 16 points, 14 assists. And then he had like nine turnovers. So it's like, you're really not giving, you're not really adding all that much when it comes down to it. Like you're getting these assists, but they're just being instantly negated because you have crucial turnovers. And there has to be some truth, some truth to noise around him being a cancer in the locker room. There has to be some... I I disagree. I'm not saying that there hasn't been players that have enjoyed playing with him. Paul George, clearly. Paul George is a big one. Uh, There's a lot of other guys. Dennis Schroeder has sang his praises. Victor Oladipo has sang his praises. A lot of these guys, uh, I think Domas uh, talked about him a lot too. But... Steven Adams, <laughs> Steven Adams. There's other players on that team. There's other people involved in those locker rooms besides those players that are coming out and saying they like him. And, and noise around him being a problem is coming from somewhere. And there's always two sides to every story. So, I mean, if we're looking at it completely fair here, I'm just saying there has to be some grain of truth, rather, even if that's one fucking one little grain of salt that he can cause issues in a locker room at times and he can be maybe not the best teammate. I think there has to be some, there has to be something to it. Okay. How about this? I will agree with that statement because there does have to be something to him, but I feel like it's because of Russ's obliviousness overall. And like, people probably get upset. Yes. Well, because the things aren't just being said because Russ is a nice guy and Russ is a great guy. And like, you know, I have no qualms with Russell. I know we've been essentially shitting on him for 18 months now, but like, there's nothing about Russ personally that I never, in fact, when I first started getting into the NBA, I liked Russ the most out of the big three because I was like, he seems like the nicest guy and like the most relatable and personable guy, genuine. And like, now we're sitting here and you get all these stories about his past teammates that are like, Russ could have never been a better teammate. And like, you know, like all the stories about him tipping all the people that work for the organization. And like when he was in the bubble, he get, he left like a $70,000 tip 
for the lady that was taking care of his room. Again, like, I'm not questioning his his moral standing. I'm, exactly, I'm sure he's exactly. a very outstanding person. I'm just saying, like, in but terms of that environment somebody, and that dynamic. Yes, exactly. And when you have somebody of that high of moral standing, I feel like it gets uncomfortable when they start doing, like, toxic things on the basketball court like that. Because overall, Russ, right now in this career, point of his career, is kind of a toxic player on mm-hmm. the basketball court. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's a hard discussion to have because when you look at Russ he probably wants to take on the responsibility of being the franchise player, of being the face of the franchise and the one that gets the most leeway because of it, because of how hard he works and like how much he's kept himself in shape, how available is his availability is probably his best aspect right now about himself. He can play every game. He's in great shape, but he's lost a step athletically. He still takes his shot. He still takes his awful rush shots. The mid range is nothing. He has no mid range bag. Doesn't exist does not exist anymore it might have existed when he was hyper athletic and he's not looking for it anymore to his credit exactly yeah i think well i mean there's also that nobody gets a mid-range shot on the clippers except for Kawhi and pg Mm -hmm. and marcus morris for some yeah fucking uncomfortable looking reason because it just looks like trash every time uh i don't know it's exactly what I thought it was going to be, which I just find hilarious because I don't know how their front office or any of those guys on that team couldn't have seen this coming. Um, Owen two since acquiring Russell Westbrook. So the Clippers troubles rage on. Um, I'm not any more confident about them in the playoffs. Albeit Kawhi Leonard is playing at a fucking ridiculous level. Um, We've seen him been pushed to the brink before even when he's playing at that level. So it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to lose while playing at that level. Um, So it is what it is. I'm not any more confident about them than I was before. (laughs) Move on to another team that I continue to not be confident about, regardless of the hype and the noise around them. Lost a big game on Saturday against the Celtics. It was Philly taking the loss 110 to 107 after Jason Tatum hit the absolute dagger to close out what was an unimpressive game for himself, uh, but hit the one that counts and sent them packing. Um, Of course, the drama around uh, Embiid's release of his shot, which was clearly after, I think Embiid realized and knew it was after. That's why he wasn't. Oh, he for sure knew. Right. He wasn't hyped at all. Yeah. I think he even like told people to quiet down. Like I think he even motioned at the crowd, like waved them off. Do you think those white Sixers jerseys this year are cursed? Because think about it. it. Shea's game happened against those jerseys. The, I I think it's the brotherly love ones. They're just all white with plain like red lettering. But like, I remember those are the ones they wore when they played against Shea and Shea just had his like Shea beat the 76ers. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great, it's always sunny in Philadelphia title is Shea Gilgis Alexander beats the Philadelphia 76ers. Like they all talk about him in the bar before and they're like, what? <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander from Canada plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He can't beat the sixes. He probably no thought way. that was so dope too. That was we probably thought that was fucking hilarious. Uh, uh, nonetheless, Al, or- Al Horford had a huge three in the fourth. Um, and again, Tatum only putting up uh, 18 points, but 13 boards and six assists. And obviously the dagger three uh, with like a second left on the clock. Just, 
you know, this is a game that really matters in terms of the Eastern Conference when you're talking about oh, yeah. the, the oh, top yeah. of the East and this stretch run here. I mean, in terms of context, huge win for the Celtics. I think it once again proves that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Celtics are in a tier above. I'm sorry. I will yes. continue to hold firm on that. When those two teams are playing at their their top peak and they're, they're, they're fucking redlining it, they're elite. They're better than anyone else in the Eastern Conference, plain and simple. Philly is a tier below. I think Philly and Cleveland are still in the same category. One, two, three, four. There's stats there that hold true to prove that. Um, and that's just, that's where I'm at. And I can't really be persuaded. And quite frankly, I can't really say that I'm upset that I see Philly taking this loss. And I really don't care to see this team succeed <laughs> well you yeah, know they have a, a lot of personal biases there especially with the one unnamed player in this situation but yeah i mean i'm just yeah generally unimpressed with the 76ers and what they're doing right now but you know what they were on a huge win streak before this they went like 15 and 3 in 18 games or something like that they were right. just thundering through Actually, you know what? One more. That made me think of, um, do you know what the Clippers record is against teams over 500 in the West? It's bad, isn't it? Bottom three. Right, they, they are a bottom beat. three Western Conference competitor. I mean, case in point, the, the Kings, they didn't beat the Kings. They can't beat the good teams. I mean, the Kings, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have an under 500 record amongst the bottom three in the Western Conference. They can't win big games. I feel like Philly probably has some of that too. I feel like I've seen that a decent bit from Philly. Um, We'll get to the main topic here just as like a quick side joke. Uh, If I could, I'd draft Doc Rivers in my starting five of most approved. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Doc Rivers, I think, has a lot riding here on this, this playoff run. And it's just... I'm not confident about Embiid. We know he always gets dinged up. Everyone knows the James Harden story. I don't even want to talk about it because yep. it's been talked about so much. Um, it's just, it's a shame that people get too invested in this. Cause I think it's a, I think it's a dead horse. It is because as soon as James Harden has his repeat performance and we get the same quotes, you know what I mean? It's just like, and then all of a sudden he's out of Philadelphia. You're like, Oh, you know, like, I guess this isn't too different from what we're seeing in the Russ situation. And the noise is picking up once again. There's guys on the athletic saying that the noise in Utah was that Embiid might be out the door if this doesn't go well this year. I was talking to some people on the Portland Trailblazers subreddit today about that, about what we would offer for Joel Embiid. And like, I think it's just so funny now that all of this is now commonplace NBA talk because you know, the end of the playoffs last year, we were talking about it from that instant that the Sixers went home. Mm-hmm. You were on it immediately it then. Exactly. And I'm saying like, I think the money Zach Lowe came in there. about a month or two after us. Like he always does. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bro. He had one of your takes the other day. I've, it sounded like he literally took your sound bite because it was the Malik Beasley thing. You were, you were the first one that said Malik Beasley could just be let go of because you know what I mean? Like he was one of those prospects that was like a worth a first round pick. Cause he's only 25 years old and whatnot. Right. And like, he was one of the big selling points and all of a sudden it was just like, or they could, they could him. sign and trade him in a move for Kyrie or they could yeah, just exactly. drop him. So they have the slot to fucking sign Kyrie either way exactly. you want it. 
Kyrie's going to LA anyways. The NBA is all a conspiracy. Boston, though, I mean, like I said, proven they're elite. Boston's looking really nice. The East is just wild because there's, what, four teams there at the top that fancy themselves a conference final teams, and two of them won't be there. At least two of them. Health is going to be the one reason. Health is the reason. I feel like Cleveland, if they have a limping horse in front of them, they're going to be the ones to put it down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like they're going to, with Donovan Mitchell this year, I feel like Don has real playoff expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like that's not being talked about is because you and I, we see. He's a sleeper for a starting five. Them. Well, I don't know. I don't think I, I can think go that so. far. I think he's a sleeper. Maybe. Maybe. Solid maybe, actually. But then you also have to think about Utah. You know, Utah was the actual the actual situation going forward there, like, you know, Rudy Gobert. Like, we're we're seeing a team right now that is so screwed because of what they're giving up to them, giving up for that guy. <sighs> Literally yeah. tried to screw the entire trade market too. Barry. Trying to try to convince us that two first round picks are going to be worth Bogdan or Bojan Bogdanovich. But Everyone was worth a first round pick this year. Yes. Everyone. Everyone was worth. And if you were worth a shit, you were worth two. Yeah. Allegedly until you go for three seconds into fucking box of Kleenexes. Uh, my bad. Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what though? Patrick Beverly is going to, this. I'm saying it right Chicago. now. Patrick Beverly is taking Chicago to the play in. <laughs> He is taking them to the fucking play-in, bro. They are going to win that first game. Patrick Beverly is going to be up on the scored, scorer's table again saying, fuck the Lakers. Barstool gave him a podcast, bro. Yeah, it's not bad. I've seen some clips from it. He's not yeah, it's bad. He's oh. not all that ridiculous. Bad, that's a shame. I'm sorry. I don't. I can't. I can't. I have a live reply to my comment right now. Portland Trailblazers package. Sharp, Anthony Simons, and all of our first-round picks. Oh, bro, you give everything. I agree. I fully agree here. I think there's three or four. Let's add. I mean, let's be real. That's probably five to ten teams that would give everything. Yep. For Embiid? Are you kidding me? Oh, this dude, he gave me a bunch. Yeah, no, I would definitely go in. But to get Embiid, I'd do it. Exactly. Thank you. Forbidden Donut 503 for being the one person on the internet and the Rip City subreddit that's actually agreed with me. If you're out there, tell them to listen to the pod. Uh, <laughs> for sure. So, hey, man, check it out. Um, last game I want to touch on here before we before we move forward with the main uh, subject of today. Lakers-Mavs on Sunday. A uh, huge game for the Lakers once again here. Um, their second game after the break. Uh, take a 111 to 108 victory over Dallas. A clear victory over Dallas. I know you tuned in for the fourth. I was fairly tuned in. Oh, for- I watched. Uh, I watched a good portion of that game. I think I picked it up when I started watching it. It was like 43 to 19 Mavericks, and I yep. almost turned it off. I was like, "Fuck! I don't want to watch the Lakers just be shitty." And Anthony Davis do something. Anthony Davis took a couple hard falls in that game that I was actually low-key proud of him for getting back up from and like mm. bouncing right back up. I was like, oh, thank God. 20, 27 right point back. comeback? Yep. 
27 point comeback. I mean, that's fucking championship shit right there, dude. I'm telling you, it's Jared Vando. Jared Vanderbilt, dude. Like JV locking him up. This guy is like working in ways. He is, dude. He has got the clamps going on. Him and Davis as a four and five is all of a sudden like real. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, this is legitimately nightmare level defensively. Almost had a big beef with 17 boards. Uh, Knocking God. on the door of big beefs out here. Absolutely. Balling out of control. Love to see it. Balling in the way you need to for a LeBron James team. Yeah. Literally. They look like a fucking successful LeBron team. Um, Let's talk about one thing, though. Dennis Schroeder minutes. Are we a little bit too heavy there? <sighs> I, I think they're leaning a little too much into Schroeder territory. Here's the thing. I think they're leaning a little bit into Schroeder right now. These last few games, LeBron hasn't had his foot on the gas. Uh, yeah, Schroeder. Um, Russell is not there right now. He didn't play. so Right. I, and, yeah. and LeBron did put it to him physically when he needed to, um, which I actually really love to see. LeBron was playing absolute bully ball with the footwork down low, oh, yeah. um, which was really nice at 38 years old to see him still able to do that. Here as we're getting ready for the playoffs is a fucking phenomenal sign because it hasn't been there uh, intensely um, over the last two seasons. But Schroeder, I think the thing is, is Schroeder does hit. I mean, he had a tough shot in the fourth for them. His layups he, that and ability to draw fouls. Yeah, he had it. He had, dude, he had a nice tough floater. I think uh, Anthony Davis may have had to finish it, but he got through. Yeah, he got the ball up and off the rim to where Davis would even have an opportunity to to do it, and it and was, then drew the foul. I think that was the situation. He drove in past Kyrie, past whoever it was, and got uh, the floater off. Yeah, yeah, and Davis was able to get up there and claim it. Like, yeah. I just and it's it's possessions like that where like it's like damn, he actually is making a difference. Um, I think he also. There was another play too where he had there's moments. He has moments. And again, Russell's not there as well, like you you noted. So that's gonna increase his minutes. Um I would be cautious in the playoffs, but again, LeBron's gonna take it to another gear in the playoffs as well. Like that's LeBron Anthony Davis should be too. Anthony Davis last night was just the dagger. Unbelievable. Hit the dagger. He actually hit his little AD middies last night, and I was so hyped about it. Every time he made one, I was just like, oh! It looked like like 2020 AD, bro. And then he, how about he sealed the entire game? Well, he sealed the entire game with that little mid-range step back, which just was so With the laid legs kicked out, the fade. Right, and then he got that put-back dunk, I think, Mm -hmm. at the very end of the game, where he just went back up strong. There was nobody going back up over Davis, and I was just like, Yes. When he hit that jumper, he uh, fucking. Oh. I think afterwards he was yelling, "That's a, I'm a fucking bucket." Yes, <laughs> yes. reminded me of I me roasting you guys. <laughs> he did say that when he walked back to the bench. He was like, "I'm, like, a, I'm fucking a fucking bucket." bucket. Yeah, I was like, I was "That's like, good, dude." Nuts. Was you love to see him inspired. I mean, that's just. Oh that's yeah, what it is it's, exactly. It, all the shade I throw at him is because I'm just fucking sad that he's not healthy and inspired and playing fucking winning basketball because when he does it's incredible man it's it's shit like that where you're like my god this man is uh, fucking kevin durant in a bigger body Giannis, Giannis's <laughs> body like literally <laughs> like what are we talking about and defensively i mean had a huge block i think at least one or two huge blocks and it was just it's incredible it's what 
two, as a two-way player, this man is just and can you eight, believe he is only top five talent, quote unquote, only six ten. Yeah, that's that's bullshit. his official listed height is six foot ten. I'm like, this guy's seven foot. He's a I'm like, monster, he's a seven dude. footer, dude. Like, and he's got seven four wingspan or whatever ridiculous shit going on, and he can hit the fadeaway. The three, I, think Luka I don't was think like, the three is ever going to be real. No, I don't think the three is ever going to be real to where it's like an actual threat. But he's got to be confident enough to just pull it. Um, you brought up Luca. Was Luca seemed just pissed last night? Luca got shut down by JV, bro. At one point, it was like in the fourth quarter. I think they said Luca was one of five on possessions uh, going against JV. Damn. And who knows? Damn. I mean, I think he at least had one or two more, and I know he didn't finish on at least one of those. So, like, maybe he was like two and six, maybe against JV. Yeah. Like, dude, that was clearly Vanderbilt locking him up. He didn't have anywhere to go, bro. It wasn't there. And even when he got to the rim and got the shot off, he was draped. Too much hope. I have too much hope for this team. And then you have Beasley out here just yeet. Yeeting, bro. That's what you need him to do. Even though he was like, what, three for 11 or something like that? I was like, needed this man for the last two years. Yes, exactly. I'm like, he's just, his three is so nice and clean and quick. Austin Reeves still finds a way to make differences on the court. That's too. what I was going to bring up too. Austin Reeves had some great finish, had some really great plays and defense to end that game and fucking shut down Josh Green. And yeah, he's out there scuffing it up with Josh Green. That was so random. That was the one random beef of that entire game was Josh Green and AR were just in each other's faces. You got the great camera. Angle. We never saw Austin Reeves' face talking shit too because. Josh Green said, who the fuck are you? I'll fuck you up. It's these guys making a difference around the margins. I think it was the game against the Warriors. 12 players on the Lakers scored. That's just so big for them. And the yeah. fact that Lonnie Walker, bye-bye. And yep. winning Gabriel, no more. Mm-hmm. And Max Christie got sent back down to the G League. Yep. I'm just like, oh, the gunk. Yep. Thank God. No more Kendrick Nunn. Uh, sadly, you know what? Probably no more Rui. I think Rui's out. Yep. Like yeah, Rui's not a long-term Rui. option for him. The noise around that was always fake. I've been on that train from the get-go. I'm on record saying noise around that's fake. I just um, that's not a long-term guy for them. I don't it's know. Th- I he'll probably end up being like a sign-and-trade piece at the end of yep. the season because he is attractive at least because he can score 12, 13 points a game. But like watching the Lakers just go last night, it was like they couldn't put Rui in. I'm like, there's, you can't. I'm out here thinking know. JV's a must to bring back after this fucking game against Dallas. JV? What scares me about that whole situation, Vando? They call him Vandalorian, dude. How sweet is that? That's, but, um, that's fucking hard. Uh, um He's going to be getting a bag if he plays like this, especially if he keeps it up and like he's like, I'm on the Lakers. We could win a championship. I'm putting in the championship effort. I'm a three year, like, no, he was, did you know he was actually on the Nuggets at one point? The Nuggets have let so many good put, and Malik Beasley was on the Nuggets too. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have had Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt on the Nuggets, and the Nuggets have had depth issues for what, like three and a half years now? <laughs> Talk about depth. Oh my God. Like, all these guys, I know, like, they, they would have won they, a ring already. <laughs> no kidding. They would have been stacked to the absolute teeth with role players. But like, I mean, they're all panning out now. That's the real problem. They were all young. And like Vanderbilt has refined his skill set. I mean, he hit an open three, but I don't expect him to do that all the time. His real value was just in being able to be a pure athlete, pure athletic defender around LeBron and AD. 
in the entire group. Like, oh, I, I it's just tough. It's still you. tough. They're the 12 seed, bro. It's just. And I was just so happy to see them win and win like this. Yeah. But it is tough because, I mean, they know the numbers. They know what the record has to be for them to be in the play-in. They got to win like 16 of these games. Yeah. They have to hustle. They play Memphis twice coming up here soon. Memphis is sliding, so maybe they got Memphis tomorrow. There. Yeah, there was a Memphis game soon. I remember that because they play them like with twice within, I think, like two weeks. Tomorrow so, at 7.30, boy. TNT game. Memphis is sliding, too. It's good positioning. Wow. Uh, let's switch it up here and get to the main topic here. Um, what we're looking at as we're coming into this stretch run of the season entering into the playoffs. And we did this in the off season as we were coming into uh, the season, discussing who were the players that had the most to prove. Uh, we're going to tighten it up a little bit further here. Uh, we're talking who has the most to prove coming into this playoffs after what we've seen thus far in the 2022, 2023 season. Uh, and we're going to do a draft. We're going to draft our starting five, uh, we're each going to draft the starting five of the players that we feel have the most to prove coming into this playoff season. So Adam, you already announced your first pick, Mr. Russell Westbrook going to be on a playoff team. A lot to prove if he's getting minutes out there. Can I have the chagrin of reading off? I looks up these playoff numbers here, run it. So we'll start with, this one first. One win, one series win in five years. 11 and 10 overall series record, so just over 500. But the numbers 24.6 points per game, 7.1 rebounds, 7.9 assists on 40%, 29 and 83% from the line. That series was in the bubble, right? Yes. Okay, see, yes, that he was, was hardly the okay, even playing. Right? Yep. That was the Rockets versus OKC where a James Harden, the weirdest series in NBA history because James Harden won the series on a defensive play. Against Lou Dort. Against Lou Dort of all play. Lou, breakout Lou Dort series. Everybody knew Lou Dort's name after that because he was getting 16 three-point shots the game wide open. And like he was pulling, just missing. Look at the where he's came from now. I would say Lou Dort's better off for that playoff series than Harden and Westbrook actually getting to win it. <laughs> You could argue that considering where they're at now. <laughs> oh my God. It was just one of those monumental NBA moments where it was like, this actually happened. Like this actually happened. Like the Denver Nuggets came back from two, three to one deficits and James Harden won a playoff series on a defensive play. What? <laughs> like the bubble, like I was hardly real. Unfortunately, no, it was real basketball. It was just who wants to win the practice championship. Well, we said that a million times. And then Russ, number one. Yeah, the ironic thing about it is just, like I said, Russ was hardly really present in that series. He was literally injured, if I remember correctly, on the sidelines for a couple of the games. So it's like, yeah, like he wasn't even really involved in the process of winning. He hasn't really been involved in the process of winning for the past five years itself. I mean, right. like, it was a fleeting effort in Washington on that run that him and Beal had. He played eight games, or no, yeah, eight games in the playoffs in the bubble total. 
No, not total. Two series. Just like out of his, yeah, out of two series, he played eight yeah. games. He missed the first four games of the OKC series, which means he's literally not. Yeah, no, I don't. Even. And in the first round here, let's see, his numbers were fourteen point seven points per game, forty one percent from the field on sixteen shots, seventeen percent from three, and fifty percent from the line, over twenty eight minutes a game, three games. And he was mouthing off to Rondo's brother in the next series as he got smoked. Absolutely sunned. Remember when LeBron balked the shit out of him on that transition dunk? Mm -hmm. Just unholy block on Russ. And then he was on his team (laughs) for two years. This man is just not a playoff player. And like you said, he might just not even be an NBA player anymore. I mean, Allen Iverson got the long goodbye. So, I mean, it can happen to Russ. Right. Allen Iverson was like the same age. So, I mean, I think we're getting closer <sighs> to that being what's happening than not. But nonetheless, I'll go ahead and fire off my first one here. And I was going to go, man, I could go, I could go Harden here, but I'm actually going to take Harden off my list just because. Yeah, I thought I've it was too easy, it. you know? It's too easy. I've talked about it too much. I'll put him onto my alternates and I'm going to swap in one of my alternates now as my first pick as my starting point guard for my top five players of most approved in the playoffs. And that is Trey young because now I almost threw that in there too. Yep. I'm putting him in there now with the, the swapping of McMillan to Quinn Snyder. Um, this is two head coach changes, two head coaching changes. Four. I think four, four total in the time. Yeah. Two pretty quickly. Um, four total in your run. It's time to start stepping it up because there's very few excuses now. They've went out and they've got talent. There's pieces around you. Um, there's things that you clearly need to change about your game in terms of playing off ball in order for for some of these pieces to fit better. And you're just not doing it. Um, they basically handed the keys to you by all accounts after your fluke Eastern conference run. Damn. And now you're, (laughs) now you're in trouble. And I think you best start listening to Quinn Snyder. who's a proven playoff coach at least knows how to win some playoff series. If nothing else, like you better start listening to this guy on the floor because most people are saying that like Trey gets to call out most of the plays that they run out there. And that's not like super common for a lot of guys. And Trey young, although talented is not one of the guys that first comes to mind. Like guys like LeBron is someone that comes to mind. When you think of that Curry, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Curry, Draymond, those are guys that are primarily doing that. I'm sorry. Trey young is not proven enough to be a guy that's out there doing that. Yeah. And unfortunately, I still want to be on the Trey Young because I won't go as far as saying it was a fluke playoff run because he was winning them games. He was legitimately ice Trey out there. And I mean, just (laughs) he hit a buster Peter in this last few days. Yep, just hit that one. (laughs) Oh my God. Just what a wild few days. But um, I have to. Great way to come back from the break, bro. It was. It was. It was probably the best possible way because now how far away does the NBA All-Star Weekend even feel at this point? I was reeling from that it was last like two Sundays ago or one Sunday ago, but still like yeah, this was definitely a name that floated through my mind because I was like does Trey actually have to prove it this season? I was like, does he actually need to 
make it back there because I mean, there were flukish things about the way that they did make it to the Eastern conference finals. And that thing was the 76ers and they were just a clearly better team than New York. So, I mean, if you roll in in the play in tournament, which right now that's yeah. what they're slated at at the eight, right. I think you're expected to get out. And what get sunned by the Miami heat again, the broken Miami heat. I mean, they didn't make it out the first, last year. No, they, they made it out. No, well, they got bounced in the play in, bro. Didn't they? No, they made it to the they made it to the first round. They just got sunned by Miami. Jimmy oh, they Butler lost absolutely. Right. Yeah, Jimmy Butler absolutely snuffed them out. It was like a four one right. series, if not four zero. Yeah, that's right. No, it was four one. But but yeah, like they were just a non factor once they actually made it. Because remember, they slept Cleveland. So then, you got to you got to win a playoff series. Yep, exactly. And your one eight matchup's gonna be dog shit. Oh man, you're yeah. gonna have Boston. <laughs> you have Boston or Milwaukee. That's a fun first round series because Boston will just laugh as their wings literally push Atlanta out of the way. Oh my God, Boston's Boston's nine man rotation is absolutely disgusting. There's a lot to prove here, and not a lot of room to do it for this guy. And I'm not that sure with all the change in the front office over there how long that he's gonna be there. Yeah, just, that was that was some news that um, Kurt Goldsberry threw out today. E, big time ESPN voice was saying that the next move might just be Trey Young traded. Right. So I'm like, we got, I, we got our eyes on Joel Embiid and Trey Young, ladies and gentlemen. That's the watch list here. I got my eyes heavily on Joel Embiid. Please, Portland. <laughs> Pick up Joel. Trey uh, Young, though, going first on my draft here. Uh, go ahead and give us your second pick. I don't know if this one's going to surprise you or not. My technical two, but still a one. De'Aaron Fox. Okay. De'Aaron Fox is on here as my number two pick. Current front runner for clutch player of the year. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have any playoff experience. But also LOL Kings. Big time. Big time play into that. This year, 55 games, 25.4 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, and 4.3 assists on 51, 33, 79, 7.8 points per game, fourth quarter in the fourth quarter, which is top five. Nice splits, dude. Very nice. Plays extremely confident. I think we've had multiple occasions this year where we've talked about how just calm the Kings look and look, we see how they're on the verge of that next year. And he's the engine behind all of that. Absolutely Mm. all of that. Him and Sabonis playing off each other is that engine. So, I mean, I want Sacramento to win a first-round playoff series because, one, the chaos, the absolute chaos. Yeah, because that means someone's getting upset. Exactly, because who's the six right now? Dallas. Okay, Dallas. That's probably not that big of an upset. But, I mean, like, we were were just talking about that. We were just talking about that matchup last week and like how close it would be. So, I mean, I guess I can't go that far yet, but yeah, Dallas is the six golden state sneaks into the six. If Dallas falls a little bit and Sacramento beats golden state. Now that's pretty serious. That would be iconic. I would be, I'd be buying a Kings Jersey. If that happened, no kidding. I'm buying a Kevin Herter jersey if that happens because he just (laughs) sleeps, just monk, puts the jersey, puts him to rest, dude. That would be great. The Splash Brothers get put to rest by Baby Clay. That would be great. Oh 
it's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think that would happen. I think the Warriors would still win that series. <laughs> I don't know. Have to be, I, don't, I know. don't know, bro. The playoff experience that uh, answer me this question guys. though. Yes, that playoff experience, but are the Warriors really going to play Anthony Lamb, Patrick Baldwin Jr., and Ty Jerome? And they're going to look at their bench and say, I don't know. There's five to six guys on that team that's going to be a lot of minutes, bro. Jermichael Green's been nothing for them. I mean, yeah, there's five to six guys, of course, but then, like, is that really going to win you four games in the playoffs? It's five to six I think guys. It's win you a playoff series because I think those three guys and two other people could probably win you a playoff series. I'm just trying to throw shade at Golden State. It's they tough, dude. The first, they lose in the first round after winning the chips. That's just, nuts. I would love it. Don't get me wrong. I would Absolutely love it. crazy. Darren Fox, though, I think is an interesting pick because it's like he hasn't done anything hasn't even been to the playoffs so it's tough to say that he has a lot to prove but that alone is something to prove like hey i mean you gotta get there you're clearly gonna get there now so now it's like you've almost you almost over exceeded expectations by getting the three seeds so now everyone's almost like hey you gotta kind of win a playoff series here almost i don't think it's like a must but it's verging on a must at least for me because you did over exceed expectations because most people were thinking like, yeah, you're going to be scraping through in the play in, or maybe you'll secure like a five or six seed and escape the play in, but you won't be one of the elite teams in the East or in the West. They're out here. Yes. A step below Denver and Memphis, but it's kind of similar to how Cleveland is a step below to those teams. I mean, I think Cleveland's still a better basketball team overall, but you can kind of see the similarity in that yeah. where there's, you know, those two teams at the top that are clearly elite. And there's this few that are right below. Um, and the Kings just, they, they exceeded expectations. So now I think they've almost set the bar higher for themselves. Yes. And I don't want to say I firmly agree with that, but they are, they are that team in the West that people are going to look at, you know, salivating when it comes to the playoffs. Like there's no doubt about it. No matter how well they feel like they have it figured out. Cause I feel like that's where the Cavs and Kings are at pretty identically right now. They feel Young like they Kings. have it kind of figured out. Yeah. Like they feel like they kind of have their core identity figured out, but Fox, he has to be a prove it guy for me right now because he's in the same draft class as these, these three players. And these are the first three that I can just pull out of the bag. Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bam out of bio. Straight up. Straight up. up. He was drafted in the same year as them. They've all hit peaks of a different kinds. Each one of them. Him and Bam play together. Yeah, probably. They both went to Kentucky. Yeah, I think him and Bam played together in college. They would have, yeah, they would have had to. That's a nuts college matchup. They're both extremely athletic. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's your proof right there as to why he can make it on this list. I mean, I think you could put all those guys on a list like this. Okay. All right, I'll go ahead and throw my second pick here. Um, I think this one is obvious, but I think it has to be stated because, you know, this is a contract year and past few years for this man hasn't been the best in the playoffs. Most recently, they were swept. His team was swept, and that's Kyrie Irving. Oh, there you go. Yes. I mean, whether he wants to admit it or not, I'm sure he'd say, oh, I have nothing to prove because he's oh, yeah. probably walking to the Lakers anyway in the off season, as most people assume. Uh, but I'd say there's a lot to prove here for this guy. 
considering how your last two stops have went, if not your last three, albeit you oh, had a championship sure. in that one. Like you just, you haven't, perf- you don't always perform at an elite level in the playoffs. You're not always present. You're injury prone. You're a problem, whether we're discussing, we're not discussing the right or wrong of any of your actions. You're just generally, <laughs> generally a problem in a locker room. Um, because of your choices and that's your choice, but it just is what it is. Uh, I just don't know what to say about him and it hasn't looked great alongside Luca. I mean, we were talking about how, yeah, the offense is going to be amazing. And a lot of people were trying to downplay the effect of how bad their defense was going to be, but it's clear, man. And I was, Oh yeah. I was waving the fucking red flag as well. Um, And I'm just, I'm not shocked at how it's going. Reggie Bullock at the power forward. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Reggie Bullock at the four. Like that's a real problem. And the fact that last night, who was the, or yesterday, one of the most hyped players that had a good first half and then just totally flatlined in the second half, Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm just like, this guy can't be relied on defensively when it comes down to it. Can't be relied on offensively. Yeah, he was part of the problem why that whole lead went away. And I had a real feeling that that the lead was going to go away. Mm. I was like, the Lakers, all they got to do is just make a couple more three-point shots and the Mavericks have to cool down from three and they can win this game. And that's almost exactly what happened. Right. I was like, they started hitting threes. Granted, they worked for a lot of their shots too for way more than their three because the three really wasn't still there. But like, yeah, like the Mavericks defense is really bad. I mean, I threw it out there to you last night. I know you said no, but like there were times where I thought Kyrie just didn't look as aggressive as he could have. He looked a little hazy or lethargic at the Mm -hmm. very least out there where I was like, he just didn't really punch hard in the fourth and didn't really go to win that game, even though he had a couple of good little plays. And we've seen that over the last couple of years. That's just, I just, it. I just don't think that Kyrie, I just, there's no way in my mind that anybody can convince me that Kyrie is a hundred percent bought into Dallas. I mean, just the fact that they haven't, what, they've only won two of the games that they've played together. Yeah. And they've been fantastic on offense, him and Luca playing together. I feel like him and Luca probably like each other, but I can tell that it's not a long-term partnership. It's not an effortless fit either. I wouldn't say it's been fantastic. They're just scoring a lot of points together. Right. I just, I'm still, uh, I'm even lower on this trade than I was when it happened. Um, I can't stress it enough how they overcorrected. And like I said, whether he wants to admit it or not, Kyrie has got a lot to prove. And I can easily see them being a first round exit. Yeah, I think so. At this point, it just, they look like a first round exit to me. And so how much because, is Dallas going to end up paying for Pascal Siakam? <laughs> I don't know, bro, but it just pisses me off because they were low-key heating up before they made that deal. I know. They were starting to get back into that vibe of that fun-ass team that Luka just makes everyone great around him to the yep. point that they fucking go on a deep playoff run. And, and Josh then, Green yeah. was stepping up and could, could have kind of tried to fill the hole of Brunson right. in a different way. Like, right. yeah, I know. If nothing else was giving you more valuable minutes that you lost because of Brunson, it's different things on the floor, but it's more valuable minutes nonetheless. Like Kyrie in a Mavericks jersey just looks wrong to me every time too. I'm like, this isn't real. 
No, it doesn't look like good, does it? It's, it's not real at all. Like, I know yeah. we were hyped about it, but I'm like, this just, it, it doesn't look good anymore. No. Like, it looks good for, like, the sec- the first game he played against the Los Angeles Clippers. But I'm like, Kyrie has no stake in any of this. Mm. It's just... You just yeah. almost feel like that about where anywhere he goes, too. <sighs> I don't know. I don't want him in L.A. either. I don't want him in the Lakers. I want him in L.A. Are you kidding I me? I don't. I think that the relationships that he wants are going to be there. Hmm. Because Maybe. he loves Phil Handy. Phil Handy's been LeBron's guy, too. He's just going to bridge the gap. You know, Le- Kyrie's... I don't want to say he's going to LA, but I feel like he's going to LA. <laughs> because, I mean, the, the number one thing that you can always expect from Kyrie Irving is that you don't know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You don't know what he's going to do. That is the number one thing you can always rely on him for. You don't know what he's going to do. He's completely unpredictable of a person. And you know what? I feel like that's part of the reason he's in Dallas is his unpredictability. Mm-hmm. And now we have to su- kind of suffer through this experiment, which definitely isn't making Luca happy either. For sure. Can't imagine he likes losing. <sighs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially yeah, after what he just did as recent as last season. Made the Western Conference Finals with after a his, good team. After his pick and roll partners just getting buried now. Yep. Don't like it, dude. Don't like it at all. I don't like uh, it at all either. Third pick for you, Adam. Julius Randle. Okay. Number three, Julius Randle. He was straight up bad in the playoffs the last time they made it in 2021. But he was bad. It was not good. Like, let me read the stat line for you. 18, 11, and four on 29, 33, and 85. When's the last time you saw an elevating stat line like that? Right. Like you actually saw a stat line that goes inversely. Like they're sitting pretty comfortably in the sixth seed. So it looks like they'll escape the play in tournament. And that's probably really good for them. Um, He does have, I mean, he's got to step it up. He's going to have to be big for them to win one of these first round playoff series. I think that overall the team is just better this year, but they're just clogged to the max with players, with players that could contribute at least on a minimum level. But like Brunson is the clear playmaker here. That's going to make a difference in the playoffs and try to spread the floor out a little bit. Barrett, I feel like it's bordering on, he needs to be benched and they need to start Josh Hart. And Philly's the matchup right now too. Yeah. I like that matchup a lot if Philadelphia and New York can legitimately stick it out and match up with each other in the playoffs, that is a fun ass first round series because it's kind of unpredictable. Spike Lee is going to be going crazy because if Brunson comes out and scores like 36 points a game in the first two games, like what's about to happen. We saw this man put giants to rest last season. Exactly. Now Rudy Gobert, and Joel Embiid is an entire different conversation of <laughs> mobility. It is entirely different. It's not even a conversation. Jo- em- <laughs> Embiid's bag compared to Rudy Gobert, it's like crossing between two different sports at this point. Right. It's like not even in the same realm. It's like no. comparing Neymar Jr. to Kyrie. Like It's not even reasonable to think about them at the same time. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, yeah, Brunson took big advantage. It's just so funny how people can go right up and go Bears face and just splash. You don't matter. I love it. 
That's a tough matchup for New York, though. It is a very tough matchup, and it's a winnable series for Philadelphia. And that's the thing, though, is that it's 60-30. I would say it's like 60-40, maybe even 70-30, actually, Philadelphia to win that series. Yes. But if Philly, the thirty the thirty percent to me is Julius Randle playing above his head and Brunson just being lights out. Yeah, Brunson which, just being absolutely nasty. Which is in his bag. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean that's why I'm saying like you get Brunson putting up thirty six points a game, like get performances. You get Josh Hart being able to let's make the conscious decision here and put him into the starting lineup over Barrett. Mm-hmm. And then you got quickly and all your pieces coming off the bench that you just try to cut down and figure out what's going to work the best. You keep, I mean, health is also a big factor for Robinson. Robinson is basically never out there. And I think he's going to get eaten for lunch by Embiid regardless. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Hartenstein too. So, I mean, it's not a conversation there, but how many times have we seen in a playoff series where Joe Embiid scores 29 points a game and he loses in six. Yep. So, I mean, that, that would be such a fun first-round series. And one that I hadn't even considered until this moment, but now I'm kind of, like, looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they always awesome. get rowdy. Those games always get rowdy. Oh, yeah. The New York-Philly games are real, so that'd be fun as fuck. Um, Julius Randle on the board. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw out my third one here. I think it's it, it, it runs right along my last pick. Kevin Durant. There's a lot right in here for Kevin Durant. Ooh, I know he's got yeah. two rings. I know he's an MVP. I know, I know all that. Uh, I get it. I get it. But I'm sorry the way it went in Brooklyn. I know you did your job. I know it wasn't really all your fault. Nonetheless, you guys were below expectation. You did not, you did not reach even the minimal expectations in my opinion. Um, yeah. Swept in the first round in your final showing. Right, it's just that's and a damn shame. You almost beat Giannis by a toe, your yeah. own foot. His body is just against him. <laughs> it's things like that where, like, you would have expected that team to be winning by a margin that it wouldn't have to come down to a toe, in my opinion. Um, so it was a shame, and I just think you're coming into Phoenix now. You, if you ask me, I think it makes you a near clear favorite in the West, regardless of how good the Nuggets have been this year. So you got, you're in a very short time to get acquainted. You're one of the most plug and play players that probably exists. And you're going into one of the, probably the best teams that you could have asked for in terms of plugging and playing in terms of their current system. Um, So I think expectations are extremely high as they should be. And I just think there's, there's a lot riding here. If you got it, you got to make a conference finals appearance. And the absolute least I would say, I feel like Devin Booker's got to be saying the same thing too. That's what I mean. Like, we're like making it, conference finals. And I think Devin Booker could be on this list too. I, I didn't, I had him as an alternate, but I think Devin uh, Booker could easily be on this list. I don't know. I think that, see, I tried to entertain that name too, but then I just started thinking about how good Booker was in the playoffs last year and that he just wasn't healthy. I'm like, oh man, that really puts a damper on that. I'm like, I think that he's just in his prime right now and we're about to get some good, Devin Booker playoff basketball for the next four years at the right, very least. Kevin Durant elevating prime. Yes. Devin Booker. Yes. Which exactly. I just cannot wait for. Uh, in, and that's only going to in turn help KD as well. Um, I just, I think, I think a conference finals appearance here is, is almost a must, if not a finals appearance for them. 
uh, for, for Durant in terms of reputation. Um, you cannot afford a first round exit. Um, I'd argue that you can't afford a second round exit if you're out there and you're healthy and playing. So you can't have another showing like where Boston absolutely shut you down. I'm not sure there's a team in the West that could do that to Kevin Durant defensively. Um, if we're, if we're being legit, but you can't have another showing like that to where you are literally ghosted right by that team. Non-existent, I mean, he, non-factor. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't get anything out, dude. So it's still they, a marvel to watch. Oh yeah. And he's still going to have his moments um, for sure. Um, but I want to see him healthy. I want to see him succeed. So, oh yeah. I put him on here for, for metaphorical motivation. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, KD would be the one that listen to our podcast and tweet about it on Twitter and be like, fuck them. <laughs> I don't yeah. need motivation. Get salty about it. Um, Oh God, that would be hilarious. That'd be great for our clout too, to be dissed by Kevin Durant. All right. Uh, next pick for you. Jaron Jackson Jr. You went low key on your picks. I That's good. You kind of went low key. I kind of went head hunting with the stars. I, you know what? I tried to dig deep here because I'm like, who are guys that actually just need to play well this playoffs? Mm-hmm. And Jaron is a guy that I get so hyped watching because he has Anthony Davis level dominance, Anthony Davis, Giannis level dominance on the defensive end. Yep. He's actually a guy that is that high of defensive acumen that also gets block numbers. Right. Like he's actually scary with blocking. Like he's not like Miles Turner. Like Miles Turner is big and will swat, but like Jaron. And the conspiracy of them being fake blocks is not real. Ridiculous. That was so. That was so ridiculous. I know. And the whole Memphis. I feel like Memphis's front office was getting shade from that too. It's like, oh, your scorekeepers are boosting stats of another All Star for you. Of course. And now you people were saying that was secretly Chris Vernon running an operation to create a narrative that. He does get fake blocks. That way it would force everyone and all these NBA guys, because they literally did to go back and watch all of his blocks to confirm whether or not they're real blocks. That way, he would get, that way he would get legitimate notion as defensive player. Yeah, but no, Chris Vernon put that to rest, but that was a joke that was wrong. Of course he put Twitter. it to rest. Yeah. <laughs> deny, Just deny. Funny as shit, though. But as funny as that is, there is also the real situation that last year in the playoffs, I watched Memphis try to kickstart themselves against Minnesota. They ended up winning that series, but so many times it came down to the fact that Jaron Jackson just fouls so much. Yep. Fouls an insane amount within like the second and third quarters of playoff games. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's seven minutes, 48 seconds left in the second quarter. Jaron's got three fouls. And you're like, okay, he has to sit for the rest of this quarter. Now we have to play fucking Brandon Clark and, I mean, Steven Adams. Ja, Bain, Brooks, Jaron, and Steven Adams. That is their core starting five. They are humongous. Mm-hmm. They're a huge team. And now, they, I mean, that's obviously their best five going forward, but then you have Brandon Clark, BC, coming off the bench. You also have Aldama, who's proven he's an NBA player. You have John Conchar, who's a decent defender. You have Tyus Jones, who's the best backup point guard in the league. You have legit depth on this team. They can 
they can make it back to the Western Conference Finals if they get, or they can make it to the Western Conference Finals if they get dialed in. And Triple J's got to step up matchups. He does. That's what I'm now, saying here. He's the guy on the Grizzlies that most needs to step up because Jock, especially offensively, because Jock, what we've seen in these losses that they've had that have been bad is in, in late game situations, they have no option other than Jaw. And they fail to create. Um, I don't know. They Bain fail to is create, there. Bain's Bain there. is there, but in some of these losses, bro, he's been he's been really streaky. They had the loss against Philly the other night, and that was the case. I mean, it was they had no other option except hand the ball to Jaw and pray to God he created something. And Bede had an incredible block on him. This was Thursday, right after they came back from the break. Um, Philly ended up beating him by like four or five, I think, after a huge actually it may have been like six or seven, a huge three from Tobias Harris. That was the dagger. But it was just, there was nothing there other than let's pray Jock can get us a bucket. And JJ is going to have to be hitting shots, bro. Yeah, his three-point shot is a total catapult. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. But it goes in. Like, if he can legitimately range the floor like that as an elite shot blocker and rim defender, like, that's huge. And they seriously need that. They seriously need that spacing opened up because they need avenues for Bain, too. They need Mm -hmm. Bain to be able to find his way through there. And then, I mean, a lot of that offensive ineptitude you're talking about too is the fact that Dylan Brooks just gets so many shots. Like Dylan Brooks is just like getting size up look threes. And I'm like, oh my God, like (laughs) this can't be real. And like, yeah, jaw has to be dependent on a lot, but like they just need to prove that they are a big three together. I believe that they are a big three. Bane, Jaw, and Jackson Jr. I think that's a legit big three in the NBA. And each one of those guys has to has to show it. Um, so I would say, except for Jaw, I don't know. I'm pretty bought in on Jaw being a fantastic. I would say he's better than Trey Young overall as a playoff yes. performer. He's so, on I mean, par with he's on par with Luca, maybe a touch below Luca in terms. I of I would a say he's performer. a step and a half behind Luca in terms of playoff because the three point shot just isn't that natural. That's him. fair. I would I wouldn't say I think a step and a half is being a little too rough. I'd say maybe like three quarters of a step behind Luca. Okay. Um, because he doesn't have the threat of the three because Luca's not even, it's not even that the three is that good. It's just the threat. There's yeah. that threat. And the step back three is nasty. <laughs> the step back three on the left, uh, high, uh, high wing is just disgusting. Um, he made one against the Lakers the other night. I think that was one of his last three shots he made in the entire game. Yeah. <laughs> he always, he so loves good. that shot. Oh yeah. He comes off the high screen, runs right over Just to the left side. Right cozy. Yeah. Right cozy right there. All right. My next pick. This is an obvious pick, but it must be said. It's a team that we talked about a lot here at the start of the pod due to their loss to the Kings in a historic scoring game. Kawhi Leonard, the leader of the Los Angeles Clippers. I think it's undeniable that this man has a lot to prove after what we've seen from him since leaving Toronto after the championship run, it's just, he hasn't been present. He's been injured a lot. He's had moments where he shied away when he was actually out there on the floor as well. Um, It's just not, I'm not bought in. I continue to not be bought in. I need to see this man make it to the finals to once again, be bought in on him as incredible as he is on the floor. Like I said, I, I love watching his game. He hits ridiculous shots 
um, in shots that I love to see as well because he's working in the mid and he's just elite in that area. But if you don't make it to the finals, I mean, you definitely got to make it to the conference finals. If you don't make it to the finals, I don't know. How long are we? How long are we there until Kawhi is just not the top five? I think we're there right now. I mean, like, I think we're there right now too. But I think some people would still have him in their top. Well, that's five. the thing, though, is that that's low key public opinion. Is that in twenty one when Giannis made it that it was the Clippers essentially playoffs to lose before Kawhi went down? Right. There's a lot of credence to that. I mean, that was the clear difference in the Suns series. Because the Suns steamrolled him with a Chris Paul come to Jesus game. And right. like yeah, if Kawhi was there, it probably would have been a different story because you're looking at what third year Mikhail Bridges at that point. Is he really gonna be able to take up all the defensive possessions on Kawhi? And is Kawhi gonna is Kawhi frankly gonna be able to live with that? Like a skinny Kawhi guy. Kawhi was playing a lead wingspan. He was and looks almost perfect mirror image of what we're seeing right now, the mid range roboticism, like I think it looks colder right now, dude. I think it, it looks actually looks cold colder. Right <laughs> it's crazy right now. right now, bro. He looks ridiculous. Uh, if only the Clippers weren't so evil and he wasn't so evil himself. It's not even that Kawhi's evil. He's just a rogue. He has no affiliations. No. Nope. He just kills. That's he basically doesn't even really work for the organization when he's <laughs> all accounts. He is a merc in all forms. Yeah. The straight Merc. Oh, God. He made my list. Uh, I just, you got to make the conference finals in my eyes in the absolute least. And so will my last pick as well. Um, and hopefully we're on a crash course for that matchup because I think that is the best matchup when they're both healthy. Uh, but I threw Nikola Jokic as my final pick. Damn, really? Yep. I threw Nikola Jokic as my final pick for that same reason. Like, look, you're out here eyeing down your third straight MVP, which is something only like two or three players have done, I guess. So you're putting your name in history. Like championships, the only thing left period. 68.9% MVP percent chance of winning on the MVP tracker on basketball reference, by the way, the championship is the only thing left, dude. And you really what better played. year to do it than when you go your three peat on your MVP run. I mean, my God, so let's that think about be, the last three seasons for for Jokic. Two, three, one comebacks was really the come up. And it was like, okay, this team is special. Nikola, Jokic, and Jamal together are special. Map status. That was map status. And then... Like, they were on the fringe of being on the map, but that was map status. Right. And then you get rid of Jeremy Grant, or you, he walks, and then you get Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon to replace that. And then Jamal goes down. You play against Phoenix in the first round when Phoenix is hot and made it to the finals that year. Again, if we're talking hypotheticals, they were insane before Jamal went down. Exactly. They had one of the best paces in the league already. What they won, like they were like 11 and one or something like that. Right. With Aaron Gordon and Jamal. What do you know? They're a number one seed team when you actually get them all out there. (laughs) I know it's nuts. Like it's funny to watch it all just come intact together, but like, you lose to the Suns that se- that season. Pretty convincing fashion. I mean, it was just Jokic out there. Michael yeah. Porter was hurt too. And wasn't Jokic a good got, display. Was not a good display. Just Jokic and Monty Morris, essentially, and Will Barton, maybe. 
But yeah, like, and then emotions boiled over for Jokic to him versus uh, campaign, which we all know how that's going to go. 300 yeah. pounds Serbian man versus a guy from Chicago. Angry and Serbian man. <laughs> angry. Hey, yeah. Angry Serbian, Serbian man. And then last year, same situation. Jokic drug a bone squad to the sixth seed against the Warriors, who were a win machine that season. And losing the first round, win one game because you had an extremely special, unstoppable game. Like, that's what it came down to. We knew the Nuggets had no shot last year to beat the Warriors, and that's why nobody really paid any attention to it. So, I mean, when I was, the reason I brought all that up is that that's what's going through my mind completely when I think just Jokic really needs to prove himself to me this playoffs. And my natural reaction is just, no, I'm like his circumstantial evidence shows that he was essentially the only player on the team at times. Like it can, that's even more the reason for me then. And because now you have all your pieces. What, what excuse is there? There is also interceded. You also interceded directly with each team that either went to the finals or won the finals that year. That's fair. Phoenix golden state. Right. So you lost to the teams that you need, you will res- like, that if you lose to them, it's respectful. Conference. Like, it's not like you're losing to some bum ass team. Like, yeah, that's respectful. But I'm sorry. Now that you have all those pieces, now that you have Aaron Gordon as a legit number three, number two option at times, when you have Jamal Murray playing at a high level and you know it's going to be playing at a high level in the playoffs, like Michael Porter Jr. has had moments like, you have everyone out there. You have no excuse when you're Nikola Jokic, in my opinion. You are a walking triple-double. You're going to be the best player on the floor. Most of the time out there, unless you're playing against Kevin Durant, I'll just be honest. I just, you got to. You have to. Right. You have to make it to the, you have to make it to the conference finals. It's kind of like the Kawhi situation for me. That's why I had them both here to round off my starting five. Like you have to, in the least, make the conference finals, and I think they will. I think those are the two teams where I mean they're at. slated to do so. Yeah. Or what Could do they mean the getting... second round though? Who are they playing? Uh, they're the one seed right now. So they would Clippers be... are the five seed. Oh man, that would be perfect for them. Just run through because they've beat the shit out of Denver all season. Yeah, that'd be a second seed, or that'd be a second. Have they only lost? Have they lost to to the Clippers yet this season? I don't think so. They've played against each other at least three times. I feel like the Clippers at least won one, but I feel like it's so that basically means one of Denver or Clippers are probably not going to the conference finals, and it's. If I had money to bet, I'd say Denver's going to the conference finals. So I would that think means, so. Huh? I would think so. Right. I would that means hope Kawhi's so. falling short, likely. Yikes. Unless Clippers can find their way into the four seed and be on a different trajectory, which could happen. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Clippers are about to maybe drop a spot or two. But who's your final? Guy whose name has been said a lot tonight, Joel Embiid. Yep. Joel Embiid is my number five. I eyed him. He was on my alternates. This is what I said about Joel Embiid. 
He even said himself recently that after after the buzzer shots are unfortunately the story of my life. That was the real quote from him. Wow. He's, he's made multiple shots that either could have gone in and counted or after the buzzer, like on Saturday night. He's the story of my life. Philly is constantly in flux of being good then simultaneously lethargic and inept. He's been through some hell, but this year might be the deciding factor between being the guy in Philly to the major piece of a puzzle elsewhere. I think that's the real, I think that's the real track that we're on is that Joel Embiid in Philadelphia has had little to no success outside of regular season wins. And I don't think that's cutting it for Embiid anymore. And I don't think, I think that's why we haven't seen him get all excited this year either. He really hasn't been all that bought in on being this crazy, having fun guy. Like, you know what I mean? A lot but of people quite frankly, like, his performance in the playoffs hasn't exactly sold me on him being that guy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, too, is because how many times have we seen that? I mean, I said it, I motioned it out without saying it the other day, but he's just, his arms are swinging by his side. He's just walk, running up the floor. Yeah. He's not doing a lot. He's just kind of, you know, floating around. Biden is time. Like his cohort. Yeah. Like his cohort. Sounds a lot like his cohort. So, I mean, this is a guy that really does need to, because we're talking all this shit about Philadelphia, possibly even losing in the first round against teams that are lower seeded than them. By all means, they should be making it to at least the conference semifinals, the second round. Like, and then have a shot to make the West Eastern conference finals. But it's just going to be hard with the teams that are above them. And they're clearly a tier below Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah, and out of those out of those four teams at the top, man, two of them aren't going. And if I had to pick two, it would be Philly and Cleveland aren't going. And I just think that's pretty clear and obvious. Right. So and I've I've made the case that I think Cleveland's got a better case than them. So I just I I'm uh, I'm I with you, man. I wanted to put him on here, but my list I, I ended up going Jokic instead. I could see the Embiid pick though. The Embiid, the obvious pick is there. It's funny how he's just not even in the MVP conversation at all anymore. Right. Like, remember how heavily it was last year? It was Jokic and Embiid for one and two in the, the MVP conversation. And now it's like Tatum. And now it's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's I think defensively Jokic, what Giannis does, I think Giannis has just yeah. as good a case as Nikola Jokic, in my opinion. And Giannis how Giannis affects 31 the points a game this year. Yeah. Giannis is at 31 points a game. The dude's going absolutely off. And, and, and my point is that, like, rolling. regardless of what people say about, oh, Nikola Jokic has improved on defense. He's not a good defensive player. Giannis no. is defense. <laughs> Giannis is a he's defensive just, system in, a, in, a, in, a, in and of himself. Like, right. And he's on a team of giants. Yeah. The effects that he has as a two-way player, man, I just, I think puts him right there if if not above Jokic. I've actually I had this conversation with Mitch on why I think Giannis should win it above Jokic. Like we're in the age where someone averaging a triple double doesn't actually blow my mind. It is crazy that it's this seven footer, but it doesn't really blow my mind. I mean we're in the day and age now where seventy one points doesn't exactly blow a lot of people's minds either. Seventy one's the new forty or fifty, I feel like. <laughs> I know. You're touching heights at this point that are just insane. A hundred's not a far off anymore. No. 
Someone's going to have a 100-point game in our lifetime, bro. And it's going to be some, like, Cam Thomas player. <laughs> He's going to score 100 points versus the, the Detroit Pistons, who are still the 12th seed. You know, Bro, that Clippers game almost went triple OT. I was thinking we were about to see a 200-point game. That would be nuts. That would have been nuts. Absolutely nuts. And plus, when you think about it, like, Joel Embiid's still there in this conversation too because he had a 59-point game this season. He's there. Isn't he still in the uh, all the betting? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's up there for... Let's just see if we can find this, the MVP tracker. I mean, it's not hard to find, but... <laughs> MVP tracker. Nikola Jokic, 68.9%. Embiid, 8.7%. Giannis, 6.2%. Luka, 46 And Tatum, 34 I would say this is an inverted list. I would definitely yeah. put Tatum at number two. I'd put Tatum above Luka for sure, if nothing else. I'd put him above Embiid for sure. I'd go Jokic, Giannis, Tatum, Embiid, Luka. Yeah, I have to serve Giannis that vote too. I mean, yeah, like it's just, it's crazy how like, People talk about Philly like they're a real threat because they did just have that really great stretch of their season. But I mean, like, did they just hit a peak too early? Did all of a sudden they just have a great part of their like schedule where they're really just vibing? And I'm like, just over an Embiid team being good in the regular season, and I'm definitely over a James Harden <laughs> team being good in the regular season. Oh, I'm yeah. so far over that. Like, I just I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. A regular season win to me, barring the big games that they have against like important teams, i.e. the one they lost against Celtics, like it just doesn't matter. Like it ultimately does contribute to your continuity and, and the the course of your team, but with with certain characters on your roster, it just they the verdict is almost up, man. Ugh. So I do want to see him win in the playoffs, unfortunately. There's so many teams I want to see win that it's just tough. Yeah. I want to see all great talent succeed at some point in their career. So that's the thing is that we're just interceding with nine like all time level talents right now. Yeah. Just it's a crazy. testament to how crazy deep the league is. Um, let's go ahead and wrap it there, Adam. Before we go, before we get into one more take. I got a surprise for you, Adam. It's going to be a new segment that we throw in right before one more take <laughs> oh, no. at the end of every episode. We've done trivia in the past, Adam, and we usually have pretty good success when we do trivia games. So I'm going to start throwing in a trivia question at the end of each episode in relation to the season. <laughs> Today's um, trivia. Yeah, to give you a chance to uh, test your knowledge here about the NBA season thus far. So... We're going to look at steals, Adam, for the first ever edition. So i kind of give you a, a somewhat of an easy one, and I'm going to let you do multiple choice here as well for the first ever uh, version of this. So who is the leader in steals this season, Adam? Is it A, Jimmy Butler, B, Tyrese Halliburton, C, Anthony Edwards, D, DeAnthony Melton. What? Melton? Or E? OG Ananobia. I'm going OG for sure. 
effects. Ding, ding, ding. Adam hits it for the first ever. <laughs> End of episode trivia here at the Hope Forum. We'll have to come up with a better name for it. But nonetheless, hits it on the first one. OG leading the league right now with two. Jimmy Butler at uh, 1.9. Halliburton at 1.7. Melton at 1.7 as well. And Edwards also coming in at 1.7. That's so, crazy. Yeah, that was your top five there. So I went multiple choice for you. It's going to start getting tougher as we go on, though, Adam. You're not going to be let us know that easy. <laughs> I will reign supreme. Um, let's start keeping a tally. That's score I'm one, up Adam. At least I'm up one then. Yep, because I know that OG is a steel machine. Yep. That's score one, Adam. Nice job getting your first Pat Williams' here. entire dream of being an NBA player. Yeah, facts, literally everything he wishes he could be and and then maybe a little bit more. These random people just catch so much heat from us sometimes they probably wouldn't even understand when they, if they heard it. They're like, like, why are these guys hating us so bad? <laughs> I'm the ninth guy on the Chicago Bulls. Like, what? Why does this guy in Ohio fucking hate me so much? Oh my god. Uh, all right, we'll go ahead and wrap it there. As always, stay engaged with us across all social media at the Dip Network. Stay tuned for our weekly content. We are always happy to be here. We appreciate any and all listeners. Stay engaged. We love to hear from you. We love to hear the takes. The NBA season is heating up, and we couldn't be more excited for the playoffs as we obviously value our chips here at the Hoop Forum. So nonetheless, Adam, one more take before we close it out. It really hurts me to say this, especially after just what happened last night. The Blazers are not making the plan. R.I.P. They're just not. Lakers passing them up. Lakers One are game on back. A head hunting. Tr- uh, they're on a head hunting destiny. Do they have a game against them too? Uh, I think so. Probably. Oh, it's probably over. Too. I mean, they're in the same conference, so they're definitely playing. Is LeBron about time. to end Dame Lillard in Portland? <laughs> it's like he ended James Harden in Houston. Come to play with me, Dame. Now, Dame's too stubborn. Dame to Milwaukee is always the move. Yeah. Dame to Milwaukee would be beautiful. Um, it hurts, it hurts, hurts you to say that, Adam. It's, it's uh, yeah, it definitely hurts me to say it. I'm proud it hurts of you me to, be to go honest. against my brethren on the Rip City subreddit too, and just get shit on by everybody. So I'm trying yeah. to just bring us back to reality here, and not it talk, certainly I'm shit not, on you for this one. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, Simon's is coming back soon. I'm telling you, I am not sold on that guy. Nope. Small backcourt. We know what happens. Um. I think the Utah Jazz stay in the play-in and win their first play-in game. That would be nuts. I would love to see it after they've cooled off so much. Yeah, I think they make it into the. Pl- I think they make it into the playoffs. I really do. That would be awesome for them. That would be absolutely hilarious. I um, think they're they're the eighth seed right now, dude. Yeah, I mean they're they're there. So that's I mean, fair. They're in the play-in already. Um, right. You got to assume the Pels, if anything, are going to drop lower than the 10 seed. You got to assume the Blazers are dropping. The Lakers are moving up. Timberwolves could potentially move up. Like they're easily a play-in team. 
looking at the teams they'd be matching up with, I would take them pretty much over anyone else besides the Lakers that would be in the plan. I can see it happening. It'd just be fucking hilarious. It would be hilarious. Not to divert from your one last take here, but Shams hit us with a Shams bomb here while we were while we were we, recording. We got a live Shams reaction. I think that's our first time. There's fear that Le- Lakers star LeBron James is likely to miss an extended period of time with his right foot injury. Yep, Le- the foot. Lakers suffered the fuck. Yep. I don't know how much I'm buying into that though. I, oh, God, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to think about it, dude. I knew the foot was bothering bothering them the other night, but he went the fuck off anyway. I know. That's why uh, I'm saying, like, maybe, like, he's just he takes two weeks off, and it's over if he does, dude. I know. That's just there's crazy. no way they get in there. Too optimistic. Well, at least they rebuilt the whole team. <laughs> All you got to do is what? I mean, I guess what they're thinking is maybe you could probably still get into the play-in with just AD. Yeah, AD, D-Lo, that whole core of Vando. That can get you into the play-in. Yeah. And all we know about play-in games in terms of the history of play-in games, although it's short, LeBron James has the greatest shot of all time in play-in history. Oh, yeah, for sure. On Curry. If LeBron's healthy in the play-in game, We'll be fine. That's all I'll say. But it's not good. It's not going to be easy if he's not there for the next two weeks. No, it will. Not. It's the opposite of easy. Yeah. And I know the foot was bothering him. Um, I just was trying not to speak it into existence. Now <laughs> I didn't my worst fears either. are coming true. So, but when Sham says it, like yes, uh, yeah, there's. It's not fake when that man says something. It just isn't at this point. Regardless of Pat Bev thinking he needs to get into the gym. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Pat Bev. That's what I said before. He's always taking sides, so it doesn't even matter. All right, let's wrap it there. 